which is weird to say like everyone's attention span is so short now so i think there actually is i think this is the time to experiment and kind of get out of your box because people are just so like they just want new and fresh all the time right so mm-hmm. i think you can actually capitalize on this pretty well Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the show that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. If you are sick of experts telling you to pick a niche, then this episode is for you. In this conversation with Kai William, he bucks conventional wisdom and actually argues that picking a niche in today's ADHD environment can actually be detrimental to your career. He is someone who's not afraid to experiment with his music, and he has been very successful in doing so. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. It's so nice to talk to you in person. I know. How you doing? Um, I've uh, I've seen your tweets and stuff all over and I've been following your podcast for a bit. So it's cool that you reached out. I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me when artists actually know what the show is because I created the show like for you guys. I want to give you a space to actually talk about shit that matters. No, definitely. I definitely like to voice my opinion too. Um, I feel like everyone finds me through my Twitter lately more than anything, um, which is cool. Cause it's like a platform where you can really give your voice. Um, I think anyway, and I think the algorithm is really good on there. Like it does a good job of feeding you to people that don't follow you that care about the stuff you're talking about. So I think yeah. Twitter is great. I didn't use it until like the past year. I didn't have one before this year. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, let me just give it a shot. Yeah. It really helps you. Like you said, find people who are interested in the stuff that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It can be dangerous. I actually learned that last week when Lucati retweeted me and <laughs> like my tweet turned into like a copy pasta thing. And I, was yeah. like, I was like, God damn it, dude. Like I wasn't prepared for this, you know, <laughs> but you got to like, you put it out there and you got to expect that sometimes it can go that way and you can be getting blown up with notifications. Yeah. People like to take small things and turn them into big things all the time, but yeah. you has got to like put your blinders on. And just focus on what you're doing. And then I do a lot more. Just I just like tweet and then I get off and I try not to engage. It's it's so smart. It's if you can, if you can actually stick to that and like have the discipline to not go into the comments and look at what people are saying, because people just want to be heard. And if you give them a reaction, like that's what they're looking for. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, it takes discipline. Um, But no, it's really cool because I love connecting with artists who actually put them Selves out there, their personality, other than their music. Obviously, your music, your craft, that's what we're here for. That's why we mm-hmm. love you. But it's really cool to get a full picture of the artist and see the other things that they care about. Yeah, I think, especially nowadays, I mean, I, I think this is pretty known. You can't just be an artist anymore. You have to, to wear every hat. So mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult, though, because a lot of people who are producers and, and DJs are pretty, like, quiet, introverted people. It's it's producing a very nerdy thing like there's a lot of buttons and a lot of technology and stuff like that so i'm definitely a nerd at heart um but i think a lot of people who fall into that are just they they are afraid to put themselves out there and and it's not always something that the people in past generations had to do so i think that's why we've seen a lot of artists um 
unfortunately like fall off a little bit because they don't want to adapt and they're very set in their ways or they're just, they just don't want to put themselves out there. So. Yeah. No, you, it, it is a double-edged sword because you have to do so much and you have to do like this dog and pony show to promote yourself, which mm. I think is horrible. What I do like going back to Twitter and what TikTok is a little bit is you don't have to like put out some highly produced piece of content. Like mm-hmm. you can just say what's on your mind. And for the most part, that can, that can take you pretty far. So I feel yeah. like it's one of those more low effort like platforms to be able to do that. But like you said, not every artist like people are private and they don't want necessarily to do that, which I, which I respect too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's valid. It is. Yeah, definitely. So I know when I reached out to you, you had tweeted that you were kind of going into like hibernation mode that you were, you know, spending some time in the studio. That was almost like a month ago. So how's that Mm -hmm. been going? Really good. Uh, It kind of allowed me to like reset, redial and like set new goals and experiment a lot. I'm I'm really big on experimenting and trying new things. I'm not the kind of artist that wants to put out the same types of songs over and over again. That works very well for some people, but I have this thing where I go through these phases so constantly where I just get bored very easily. So um, being that I'm that kind of person, it takes me a lot more hours in the studio to kind of come up with something that I think works for, for me and what I'm doing. Cause you know, I can't just be putting out random music that makes no sense. So like, I'll be, like right now I'm really into breaks. So I've been making a bunch of breaks music and I think I finally came up with something after like four tries that actually works for my project, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really good in that regard. And also just like taking my foot off the gas and just going out and networking and just recharging my social battery and just, it, it gets to be a lot. I think everyone in the industry who kind of, you know, takes that next step to work in it hits this point at one point or another where they're like, I'm so burnt out. I think everyone gets burnt out and I'm trying to be more conscious of that. So just putting myself in that where I limit myself to going out once a week now at max, if at all. And um, yeah, I've just been a lot healthier now too, getting to go to the gym because I'm not hungover or just super tired. And I think the exhaustion gets to me more than, than any of it because now I'm almost 30 now and it's not like when I was 22 21 years old and I could just go out for six days in a row and it wouldn't matter. And I would be fine during the week, but now I notice it started affecting me during the work week, which isn't a good thing. So I'm just trying to get in front of that before it just becomes this train yeah. wreck. That's, that is pretty much one of the reasons why I started this show was to kind of workshop that with other people who are around my age. So I'm 31 mm-hmm. and, you know, as a fan, obviously it's different, but it's like, how do you maintain the balance between putting in the work for you in the studio for me, you know, with my business, but then also enjoying your life. And, you know, obviously your work is late nights, you're out late, you know, and then networking is also part of it. So there's definitely a give and take that you have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big mocktail person now. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do mocktails instead of drinking. Cause I feel like even after two drinks, even if I don't even get buzzed the next day, I'm like, my brain is just like a rotting garbage. Pill. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'll be like hung over after two beers mm-hmm. and for no reason. And I'm just like, I'm like, what was the point of that even, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just definitely something to be conscious of. And, and I think it takes that burnout to, kind of realize you need to do that so i think it's a good thing in a way that everyone experiences that because you can this industry is so interesting because you could be like like a whole month can go by and be like what did i just do this past month i've just been out drinking like staying up super late like getting into antics i shouldn't be getting into and you look back over the month you're like and now now you feel terrible and you've burnt yourself out but yeah 
I think it's a good thing for everyone to experience. And then you can kind of re sadly, some people don't realign and just keep it going, but yeah, well then I, I feel like those people, they get to the point where they're just like relying on that to keep them going. Mm -hmm. Like if they stop, like that's when it's, and I'm not saying like, you know, to the point of like where you alcoholism or whatever, but like, they mm -hmm. just, like, that's kind of their fuel. And they're like, got to keep going. Cause if I stop, like it's going to be bad. And, yeah. Yeah. I think and, having a, like a good circle around you of that people that can make you aware and hold you accountable has been very big for me. I'm very fortunate. I have a group of like six, seven, super close people to me and we all kind of hold each other accountable. We're all, we're all artists. We're all trying to do the same thing. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, we're making sure staying on top of each other. Are you producing music? Um, like, why are you going out so much? Why are you doing this? So like, really, like putting yeah. you on that that hot seat in front of everyone, and then you're like, oh fuck, I should be doing this. That's so amazing to have, yeah. and it's nice when you have other friends who do what you do because they understand. Like, I think you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like. Like for me, I have my own business and I have a lot of friends who are extremely successful, but it's different than it's different than me because like I have to keep business doing business development to like get clients and like keep the flow and coming. So it's just like a different thing. And so sometimes I struggle and I'm not going to like waste my breath, like complaining to them because it's, it's not going to land. And yeah. so it's nice to have that group where like you all, you get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and further so like, they're the reason why I've gotten so good at making music and just having those people that can push you and, and, and give you an honest answer. I always tell, so I, I teach a lot. I do lessons all week long and I audio engineer for a bunch of people. And uh, the thing I always tell them is like, get yourself a group of like, you only need two people. Like that's it. And just really, because I, you can go to and give you the honest answer or not. This sounds good. Like really push yourself. It really transforms you into something that you could not be without that. So yeah, super that thankful for them. That's awesome. So what do you think, where is the line for you between, because sometimes I feel like one thing I really had to do when I started like working for myself was not ask for too much feedback because when you get like a mix of opinions, even if it's from well-meaning people or people in your circle, like that can like put you in kind of like analysis paralysis. So where's, how do you do that gut check when you're like, maybe your friends are saying something, but you're like, I don't know. Like, I really want to stick to my guns on this one. Yeah. Um, I always say take feedback with a grain of salt. And like, I think deep down in your gut, you really do know what's best for you. Um, everyone has different outlooks and on things in life um, outside of just music in general, but it's good to get feedback. And then I never like I just like sit on the feedback for me. I don't like try to make my decision like right away. I'll try to give it like a day after what they said. And then sit. cause you know, you're pretty attached to your ideas when you're creating or whatever you're asking for feedback on. So you're going to feel like internally defensive naturally. Cause you made that decision and you're like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. So I try to let the excitement die down and then go back to it. I'll use the example of making music. So when you make music, a couple days go by and then you realize yourself without even getting feedback, like, okay, maybe this wasn't correct. So when you can have them give you the feedback, set it in it for a night and then review what they said, rather than trying to go right into it, I think helps me a lot kind of determine what they're correct on and what they, yeah. what's not right for that situation. That's such good life advice actually in general. I, so whenever I get an email like from like whether it's a client or whatever that I don't agree with, I always give myself like an mm -hmm. hour because I'll what I real what I've realized is that 
I will misread their email and think they're saying one thing, but they're actually saying another. But my anger, like immediate reaction is to be like, yeah. da, da, da. and so it's really, that's really good advice. Cause it's like, just take some breathers because, you know, and, and especially looking at something with fresh eyes is so important mm-hmm. with creative work. Cause you're so in it and you don't, you, yeah. you might not realize, like you said, certain mistakes until the next day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It took me a while to realize because like there was a point where I was like getting in fights with my friends. I'm like, what am I doing? Like they're just trying to help, you know, there's no reason to be, to be a dick. So just taking it and saying, thank you. Um, This is, this is an interesting one too. Cause it's like, I have, I have students or just people will mess. I get a bunch of messages every day. People ask me to like, look at their records. And I'll never forget this one time. I looked at this one kid's and I gave him like a nice big paragraph on feedback and he's just like, you're wrong. And I was like, you just came in here and you messaged me. I don't even know who you are. And you just basically came for like self-validation. It's just, it's not a good look either. I don't mind. I, I love giving feedback. It's cool. People can send me music and I'll try to get to as many as I can. But yeah, it's just like, you don't need to argue that it's, it's, it's kind of rude. Number one. And, yeah. and two, it's just like what, like all you're doing is seeking validation that for what you were looking for anyway. And totally. if you don't agree with it, then it's fine. Just don't be, don't be a dick about it. I think, I think some people never grow out of it, but it also does come with age. Like you mm-hmm. get more, you, as you grow up a little bit, you become more open to receiving feedback and not you know, responding so defensively right away. But yeah, mm. it's like, why, why is someone like that wasting your time coming in your inbox? It's not like you sought them out <laughs> and then right. they're going to, you know, yeah, some people just, uh, they won't get very far with, with that. Like I, I saw this, um, I don't know if it was a video or something, but it was like, look at everything. It was a book I was reading. It was like, look at everything with a beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. And I love that sentiment because it keeps you curious so yes. I feel like it's like that old, like wise, like the more you think, you know, the less you actually know, mm-hmm. um, being curious and open is like such a good trait to have and will make you successful always. Yeah. I love that quote. I've heard that before. Yeah. So you were saying, I want to go back before I forget, you were saying that all of your music is kind of different and I've, and I've noticed that in your tracks as well. Is there something that is a through line for you that kind of helps tie like your story together, whether it's a certain like element, um, production element or just a vibe, or is it truly just like, no, like I am exploring all my different personalities. Yeah, I think this is like the hardest thing to master. Um, and it's not really something I think about. I think it's something that just kind of comes with my workflow and the way I work. I, I make my tracks or like the way I produce them is the same every single time. Like I don't like, and it's not even on purpose. It's just something I just do. So the what, what I'll do is I'll start with my, always start with my drums. So I'll get a kick drum, make my drums, and then I will find an acapella that I want to base the whole track around on. Um, and then just build from there and you go baseline and then since and that, that's my process. But I think I reuse a lot of the same drum samples and, um, and like you'll hear my tracks. I actually have like the same exact top loops in one track that I do another, like it's verbatim, nothing has changed. So I think reusing certain sounds in your music helps keep that consistency in sound. But I think furthermore, it's just trial and error. And I have made over like i've been producing for four years now i think i have on sound i checked my sound it was like 840 songs in the past four years yeah i mean they're not all there a lot of them are some of them are just ideas obviously but like 
it's just that trial and error. And like, uh, like I said, right now I'm running into breaks and I think I finally came up with something that really works for that for me. Um, but that took four tries, you know, I've had tracks where it's taken me a hundred tries to get one sound, right? Like one type of song. Correct. So I think just that trial and error, um, and never putting too much pressure on yourself too, because I think when you go in with the minds, cause what I was doing at first, is I was going with the mindset of, I want to be a different artist. I don't want to be like anybody else. And this is me. And, and really trying to force it. I'm like, I'm going to make this, this day and that, that day. And I think it's more so just going with what, what flows out naturally and not pigeonholing yourself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my inspiration comes from me listening to other music. So I found um, this incredible artist named Bakey not too long ago. And he's like really into this break sound. I've been really feeling it. So I'm like, let me just sit down and, and make this because it's what I'm, I'm into right now. And I watched a couple of tutorials on how to make that kind of type of music. And then I took what I liked from that and put it in with what I already know and mm -hmm. kind of meshed the two. So hopefully that answers your question. It does. I think it's really important for, you know, all artists to hear that and creatives in general, because conventional wisdom, like no matter what creative industry you're talking about is like pick a niche, pick a niche. You're never going to grow unless you pick a niche. And I fucking hate that advice. Yeah. I, I am a nicheless rebel. Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I cannot, like I, I have too many interests and, mm -hmm. um, you know, same goes for artists. Like, yes, if you really love to go deep into one sound, absolutely. If that's you, yeah. do you, but don't, like you said, pigeonhole yourself because you feel like that's something you have to do. And I can't wait until we like break out of this whole, like it, what I always say, my, my niche, my through line is like my authenticity and transparency about mm -hmm. the topics that I talk about. Like, I really have like no shame in talking about like, if I'm like my, my audience is on TikTok and I talk to like girls about like Botox or whatever, like, I'm not going to like hide who I am, but my authenticity about it is my through line. Right. I'm, I'm not just picking one niche. And so for artists who want to experiment, but are afraid that'll like derail them, I think they really do need to hear that, especially when they have well-meaning management who's like, no, like you or a label right. like, need to just do this. I, I think that that's so hurtful to a career. Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate to have a great manager. He's super behind me just doing whatever I want. And then he, he'll never stop. So here's what we do. So like, he'll never stop me from making something. Cause that's just not like, that's mm -hmm. just not cool in general, but he he'll, I'll make what I make. I'll send it to him. He'll be like, this is cool. And then we'll, we'll basically have these sessions like every two, three weeks where we'll look at all the music I made and say, okay, I think this makes the most sense. This makes the most sense. We should release this at this time of the year, right after this one. So it kind of tells us the story. Cause I do think there is still that there is still a line where it's like, you don't want to go, I'm not going to go put out a dubstep track to like, you yeah. know, that There's doesn't strategy. make sense. You need a exactly. strategy. Yeah, exactly. But I think fortunately enough, like, it's just weird to say like everyone's attention span is so short now. So I think there actually is, I think this is the time to experiment and kind of get out of your box because people are just so like, they just want new and fresh all the time. Right. So mm -hmm. I think you can actually capitalize on this pretty well um, at this point in time. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I think everyone's just more receptive to it. I think people kind of don't really get bored when and during my sets anymore, because I, I used to be that kind of artist who would just play very just, straight line which is fine and like i said that's that's cool if you want to do that but i've noticed a, a change in energy in the crowd now that i've you know i'll start with mm -hmm. deep like deep stuff get a little techie go a little into a little bit of garage and then go back to tech and then maybe a little bit more heavier techno stuff and 
it's really well received and that's yeah I think people yeah people can dance for longer i think um and, and don't get me wrong i've been to some incredible like eight hour sets of the same style music and it's just been like amazing and that's a craft of its own but i think typically across the board in general i think you can captivate um obviously a much wider audience and and kind of hold people's attention for a little bit longer i've found anyway for me that's a really good point that I have not thought about because we always talk about how like society is being ruined by like TikTok videos, you know, and our short attention span. But mm-hmm. what you're saying is, hey, I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> and, exactly. it's, and it's good for, for the creative process. And I agree. I love both of those types of sets. It just really depends. If someone's doing it well, then it doesn't matter if it's all one type or, you know, a little bit of musical ADHD. That that brings up the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, your tweet about plug-and-play parties. Um, mm-hmm. I Before I say anything, I want to know, like, what you meant by that. Yeah, so I feel like I, it's so weird. It's, it's kind of sad, but I haven't, maybe I haven't been looking out hard enough myself because I've been so laser-focused on work, but I feel like every time I've been to an event in the past, like, six months, um, not necessarily the parties I've been playing, but just I'm saying in general, it's just, I walk in and I'm like, I've been to this before a million times. It's just DJ front and center, some fog and some lights. And it's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It's like usual suspects on every lineup. And we live in a time where anyone can make music and that comes with so much great talent. And it's like, why are there not these new artists here? Why is this in the same venue? Why is the decoration? There's no decorations ever. It kind of like, it's, it's, it feels very corporate. And I think that is part of the issue is like everyone is just like realizes how much money there is in this now, which is great. Cause that's more opportunity for everyone to play and there's more parties. But with that comes people, you know, once they figure out the formula, we'll call it like they feel like they can just rinse and repeat it rather than trying to make it different each time. So something I'm doing next year is I'm starting events for my label, which I'm really stoked on. So I'm going to try to get really into like the decorations and, and the vibe and the theme and try to, we'll do parties at places that typically do parties, but eventually my goal is to be at a point where like I have the leverage and, and influence to do events at non-traditional places um, where people will come to just because they know that it's going to be a cool vibe. So I'm really excited for that. I I will be there when you start (laughs) doing that. That's, that's so cool. And like, okay, so I love everything you just said because at the end of the day, it's all about the music and the quality. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like discourse going on right now about all the extra visual elements and how it's, some people say it's like detracting, Mm -hmm. like I'm talking like the graphics, whatever. Like tell us like stuff like that. Yes. Which I, which I love too. It's Mm -hmm. a different thing. And I agree. So I'm more of a, um, I, like I like festivals, but I'm not necessarily there for like all of like the big crazy stages, but what you're talking about the decorations and decorations don't have to be thousands no. of dollars to be effective. It's just a little bit of thoughtfulness put in right. the theme, um, non-traditional venues. They're starting to be a little bit more of that in Chicago. Like there's one group that they're, they did it for the first time last year, um, had DJs, like it was like a house music event for Halloween at a train station. And Sick. so, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes. It was like, it's called nightmare express and like stuff like that, that just gives you a little bit, extra yeah like there's like activations to it it's not just you know and it i i just agree and i think that um experimenting with even times that you have these parties you know like i love a good day party where i can be in bed by by midnight you know yeah absolutely Um, totally i I agree with all of that yeah and it's it's never i wasn't even yeah 
the the point of the, like the tail bus visuals, which is its own thing and its own art, mm-hmm. which is really cool. But you can make such a cool vibe by just changing like just the light, the way the lights are set up, like having like, instead yeah. of having like lights down on the DJ, have uplighting on the side or have like yeah. a couple string lights running across or just getting some foliage or some vines. Right. Or- yes. That's what I was going to say. Like put some plants in there. Like it'll completely change exactly. everything. It's like, it's like little tweaks yeah. and it just, and there's obviously a way to do it where it's not like corny, but like just right. makes it so much more interesting. I also would really like to see, and this is like like a selfish personal reason, but I would love to see, you know, I get why clubs like, like all of like the popular clubs, they don't, they give you like vodka soda or beer or shot. Like that's what you get. I would love mm-hmm. to see more like cocktails or just other things like loungy vibes. Like I love a good right. lounge where you can pay to sit, but it's not necessarily like bottles. Like it's something else. Like I would just really love to see more of that. Yeah. It's cool. Just yeah. thoughtfulness is all. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I, I love that tweak. Cause I don't think we talk about that enough. And so you said you want to do that with your label. And I, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about like the ethos behind your label and why you started it. Because every artist that I interview that has one, it's always a different reason, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So the story of my label is really interesting. So my label in here was, um, it was already founded before me. It was with, uh, someone named Ramsey Neville, who is no longer with the label. He's focusing on the techno stuff, doing really good with that right now. Um, so he had a label, he did one free download and he was just kind of sitting around and we had shared the same manager at the time. And it was, it was, um, this guy, Andrew Minkovich, and he connected us. We got along really well. We made some music together and I was like, are you doing anything with the label? He's like, no, I don't really know how to run a label. It kind of just a SoundCloud page. And I was like, I don't know either, but I just want to put my music out. And I didn't even, I was so new to this. I didn't even know about the process of set. I didn't even know you're supposed to send demos to other labels. Like I, I was that new. I'd only been producing for like a couple of months and I just wanted to get my music out into the world. And I, I knew it should, I always knew it should have been done under a brand, but I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, let's just do it together. So we joined forces and then, it was kind of just a spot for me, for us, like originally at first. And then all my friends were saying like, Oh, that's really cool. You started a label. And I was like, yeah, do you want to like release music on it? Didn't, I didn't even hear what they were working on. I was like, yeah, let's put out a track from you in a month. And it just started snowballing into this pretty like serious thing. Now, like we sell quite a lot of records. We stream, you know, we have records with hundreds of thousands of streams on the label. One's coming up on a million now. And um, it's been really cool to watch because it just started so organically. And so like, I guess innocently and it's been really cool to watch this progression and uh, the type of people who want to work with us now are just like artists that I like adore and I love and it's it's super cool and and it's cool because we're getting demos from artists who aren't typically in the style of my music which I love because um, I always like to resonate this energy which is like I just want to put out good music I don't really care what it is as long as I'll play it in my sets then it'll get released um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of like the story behind it. And I, I love just helping people in general. That's always been something I liked doing, like volunteer work growing up. And I feel like this is like the one thing I can do where I can kind of push someone in the right direction and be like a stepping stone for someone's career to help them like for upward trajectory. So that's something I really, really enjoy about the label. That's so cool. The best things start organically when you don't necessarily have like, you know, obviously it's good to have goals in mind and like track those goals, but it it's just, I don't know. It, it ends up being a more beautiful thing when you kind of just approach it with an open mind and, you know, yeah. allow it to, to blossom into something. 
Yeah, it's super authentic. It's definitely something you really have to want to do also because I found when like, okay, so for example, I like, obviously I know TikTok is like huge and I, I tried to make some of those videos and I'm like watching it back and I'm like, no, this is not me. Like, yeah. I, like there's no point to it. So like what I found is I just kind of dialed into what I'm really good at. And for me, that's um, the label that's teaching. I'm very big on education. I do workshops and all that stuff. And, um, and I like motivating too. A lot of times when I tweet, I try to like, it's funny. Some of my friends will bust my balls and be like, you sound like Gandhi. And I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to like motivate people, but it means in good humor. But yeah, I just like kind of dial into what's natural to me. Cause I feel like things become corny when you're doing things that are not you. And it's, mm -hmm. it's very easy to see that. So for me, I don't even think about this type of stuff. Like even teaching came very like organically to me. I had, um, I was just like, people would just send me tracks and I would just give them all this feedback. And I'm like, I really like this. And then one day I was like, I had a bunch of time for that week. I was like, oh, I'll do a couple of lessons. And then I got some students and then those went really well. And I'm like, oh, I really like this. So then I kind of got into this rigorous routine and um, ended up working with, uh, with West End for a little bit in his discord doing as like one of the teachers in there. Um, and now shifted back to just one-on-one -on -one private lessons and yeah, that came very organically to me. It's never something where I woke up, I was like, I'm going to be a, t a production teacher one day. It just kind of happened. And, and, and same thing with the DJing too. It's always something that's been around in my life. So I started DJing when I was 12. I'm 29 now. My friend's dad had this like um, corporate DJ company that did weddings and bar mitzvahs. So I would go with him and he, like, I would always jump on and like, you know, play a couple tracks with like when he would have to go do something outside and he would come back and like he would take back over. And then I asked him one day, I was like, oh, like, where do you buy stuff like this? And then he gifted me like a little DJ controller when I was like two years later and then played on that for a while. And then eventually went to college, started doing the frat parties just because I knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then from there, someone asked me like, oh, yeah, do you want to? like play in like a club and I was like yeah it'd be sweet why not so I got a residency in Atlantic City in New Jersey and then that turned into a residency back in Hoboken New Jersey after I graduated and then that turned into meeting somebody else who did the music and then just kind of my whole life is just super organic I've, I've never really like tried to force anything um which was the overarching point of that tangent I just went on there yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think a really cool thing about teaching and mentorship is it continues or it pushes you to continue to learn more. And you literally in teaching others, you find lessons for yourself. So, it oh, just, yeah. you know, it ke and it keeps you like grounded and like connected mm -hmm. to what the scene or whatever your niche is really about. Absolutely. Um yeah, I've been slowing down the teaching a little bit because I'm I'm I just signed to an agency now, so um I'm just I'm gonna probably be playing a bunch of shows coming up here soon. So I just want to make sure I'm stacked on music so I don't have to be stressed out while I'm touring. For and sure. I could just focus on that and just had know I have like twenty five like releasable records in my back pocket that I can just whip out whenever I need to. Yeah. That's that's um, awesome. Well, I always like to like end the conversation uh, with some actionable advice for people, which you've given plenty of in this conversation. But is there anything that you can say to maybe an artist that's like struggling right now, given everything we've talked about, the perils of having to market yourself? Mm -hmm. What would you tell that person? Um, stop taking it so seriously and have fun. I feel like everyone forgets why they get into this in the first place. So if you're feeling like that, just take some time off 
give yourself like a week off, go do the other things that are so amazing in life, like reconnecting with whatever that is, other hobbies, um, go to a couple of shows, get some inspiration and try again next week. Love it. Love yeah. it. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. That was great. This conversation was just so good. I can't pick my favorite piece of advice, but I really love what he ended with when he said, you know, don't take this shit too seriously because when you get so worked up about how your art form is performing and you care more about how other people are responding or not responding to it versus why you began creating it in the first place, you lose the true essence of what it means to be an artist or creative. So go outside touch some grass, take a breather, and get back to it. If you enjoyed today's episode, of course, the best way to support the show is by sharing with your audience. Subscribe on YouTube. Give me a follow on Instagram or TikTok. I'm there at Olivia Mancuso with two underscores. I can't wait to see you next week. Mm -hmm.